0: Welcome to the Gaming Ride Home podcast for Monday, April 27th. I am Kyle Hillier. Here's a whole bunch of video game stuff that happened recently. The Last of Us Part Two has a release date again, Ghost of Tsushima has been pushed back a bit, the Travis Scott Fortnite event was insane, there won't be a proper WWE 2K game this year, but there will be something. Bethesda is donating a substantial sum to COVID-19 research and NPD shares some interesting Resident Evil and Final Fantasy data. The Last of Us Part 2 has a new release date and Ghost of Tsushima has been delayed, but not too much. The Last of Us Part 2 is now coming out on June 19th, so it is no longer delayed indefinitely, which is a good thing. I was hopeful when its release date disappeared that its new date wouldn't be too far from the old date, and it seems like that was the case, which is a good thing. In a blog post announcing the new release date, head of Worldwide Studios, Herman Holst, wrote, As our teams at Sony Interactive Entertainment and Worldwide Studios approach development milestones and confront a world changed by COVID-19, we find ourselves having to adapt to today's ever-changing environment. Amidst some disruptions to our working styles, we wanted to provide an update to PlayStation gamers who are eager to learn when our next exclusive titles will arrive to PlayStation 4. Also, worth noting here, I didn't look into it extensively, because I don't want to look into it and get accidentally spoiled on something, but there was apparently a big The Last of Us Part 2 leak over the weekend. It could be total nonsense and just someone making up a bunch of facts about the game and distributing them as spoilers because people on the internet can be inconsiderate sometimes. I don't mean to surprise you about that. Or it could be totally valid. I don't know. I bring it up here as a warning that if someone is talking about elements of The Last of Us Part 2 in your various message boards or on Facebook or Twitter, it might be best to just close the tab and walk away Or, if you want to be completely spoiled about what happens in The Last of Us Part 2, feel free to seek those details out. I definitely don't want to know, so I'm avoiding those facts like COVID-19. Alongside all of that, it looks like Ghost of Tsushima has been delayed, but not by too much. Ghost of Tsushima is now releasing July 17th. This might be the ramblings of an insane person who has spent too much time in quarantine, but if you were to put Last of Us Part 2 and Ghost of Tsushima... In front of me, I would take Tsushima. I am very eager to see what's next for Joel and Ellie, but I will usually take something new over a sequel when I have the choice. I don't have to choose here, luckily. I get to play both eventually, but Tsushima is the one I am most excited for. Finishing out the blog post... Holst wrote, I want to personally congratulate and thank both the teams at Naughty Dog and Sucker Punch Productions on their achievements, as we know it's not an easy feat to reach the finish line under these circumstances. Both teams have worked hard to deliver world-class experiences, and we can't wait to see what you think of them when they release in just a few short months. And finally, I want to thank the PlayStation community for their continuous support and patience. Fortnite's Travis Scott astronomical event had 12.3 million concurrent players. This weekend, Fortnite and rapper Travis Scott held an online concert event, and it was a huge hit with Fortnite having 12.3 million concurrent players at its height, which is an all-time record, according to Epic. This wasn't the first Fortnite concert event, as Weezer has been involved with the game, as well as DJ Marshmello, but Scott's was definitely the biggest And, honestly, the most impressive. I'm not familiar with Travis Scott or his music. I am a very uncool dad who spent his weekend tearing up over cutscenes in Final Fantasy VII Remake. But... I learned about him because my family plays Fortnite together, and there was a mission in the game last week ahead of the concert where you had to jump on top of inflatable Travis Scott heads that were peppered around the environment. So we did that. And then there were specific times over the last few days where you could sign into Fortnite and witness the concert And it was pretty awesome. There is a stage that you stand near waiting for the concert to start. And then when the music kicks up, this gigantic animated Travis Scott shows up and starts stomping around the environment. And all the players periodically get launched into the sky and the world lights up in crazy colors. Gravity gets lowered so players are able to leap high into the air. And there's a whole section that is underwater and another that has players skydiving through space. It was pretty incredible. Who would have thought that this is what Fortnite would become a legitimate virtual online concert space? So I hey, it worked. I, if they do more stuff like this, I'm on board. There won't be a WWE 2K game this year, but there will be a WWE 2K battlegrounds game. Late last week in a 2K earnings call, the publisher confirmed some rumors that there would not be a new WWE 2K game this year, which is probably for the best because last year's 2K20 release was basically a disaster. The game barely worked, but was entertaining for pretty much everyone who didn't play it because the glitchy GIFs and videos that the game produced were incredible. The WWE 2K series has been developed by Yukes, a Japanese developer, since 2013, but WWE 2K20 was developed by Visual Concepts. Visual Concepts had assisted with past WWE 2K games, but 2K20 was the first time it developed the game in full, and it did not go well. So it seems like the studio is getting some extra time to get the next one right. In the meantime, 2K has announced WWE 2K Battlegrounds from developer Saber Interactive. Saber made World War Z and also ported Witcher 3 to Switch, among tons of other projects, but it also developed the NBA 2K Playgrounds games. And Battlegrounds looks like it is kind of in that genre. A little cartoony, a little more arcadey. The trailer shows wrestlers like The Rock and John Cena wrestling, in a ring on the bayou with alligators hanging out just outside the ropes. WWE2K Battlegrounds is releasing this fall, pending any unexpected delays, which is a disclaimer that must be added to every release date or window, especially for the time being. Bethesda is donating $1 million to COVID-19 relief efforts. Bethesda, the publisher behind the Elder Scrolls series and Fallout, announced this morning it is donating $1 million to various COVID-19 relief funds. On a blog post announcing the donation, Bethesda wrote, Bethesda Softworks, ZeniMax Media, and our global family of studios want to do more than keep you entertained and connected through our games during the COVID-19 pandemic. With the impact of this health crisis being so great and widespread, we want to help by donating to an array of international and local charities which are directly involved with COVID-19 relief efforts. Bethesda is giving $500,000 to Direct Relief, a charity which is directly involved in COVID-19 relief efforts, $250,000 to UNICEF, and another $250,000 to, quote, relief efforts within the communities where we work and live. These recipients will be chosen by our individual studios and international offices. This way, we can support worthy charities fighting COVID 19 in our local communities across the world. It's just a nice, feel good story, and I'm happy to see Bethesda stepping up to try and help. I guess maybe I should help them by trying out that big Fallout 76 update. What makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit gocoastguard.com to learn more. NPD shares lifetime sales rankings for the Resident Evil and Final Fantasy series. This is very random. You could maybe even call it old news, but I missed it earlier this month, and it was shared this weekend on the message board website, etc., which is a great place to poke around for video game news, by the way. But on April 8th, NPD shared ranking lists for the Final Fantasy series and the Resident Evil series, which, as far as I know, is not something NPD typically does, but I think it is interesting. This was tweeted 2 days before the release of Final Fantasy VII remake, but according to NPD, this is the ranking of Final Fantasy games in terms of sales dollars as opposed to number of copies sold. Starting with number 1 and going down, it's Final Fantasy 15, 7, 13, 10, 8, 12, 102, 9, 10/102 Remaster. And then 11 is at the bottom of that list. Some surprising details in there for sure. As much as I personally like it, I never would have thought that 15 would be the most financially successful game in the series. And it's crazy that 10, 10-2, and 10-10-2 Remaster are all on the list. I also commend 13 for being number 3. That's another entry I personally like a lot. But it is one that I think is generally disliked in the larger Final Fantasy library. It was also the first one that wasn't a PlayStation exclusive. I think the main thing we can extrapolate from this is once the Seven remake is complete in, you know, a decade, I bet Square Enix is going to start thinking real hard about remaking Final Fantasy X. NPD shared the Resident Evil numbers on the same day, five days after the release of Resident Evil 3 Remake's release, but that game wouldn't have been considered as, like the Final Fantasy ranking, this ranking only covers between January 1995 to February 2020. Here is the Resident Evil list, starting with the game that made the most money and working our way down. Resident Evil 5, 4, 2, 7, Biohazard, 6, 2, Remake, The original Resident Evil for PlayStation, then Resident Evil 3, here's a wild card, Operation Raccoon City, and then finally the director's cut of the original Resident Evil. Crazy to me that Resident Evil 5 is the most financially successful entry here, but it was released on both PlayStation 3 and Xbox 360, and everyone was incredibly excited for the next Resident Evil after 4 just absolutely blew us all away. It's impressive that 2 Remake is as high as it is, and I'm happy to see 7 above 6. I really like 7 a lot, but I would have been bummed if 6 was the more successful game. I replayed a huge chunk of 6 recently, and it only confirmed the internet's larger agreement that it's not a great game, even if it is technically pretty impressive. I can't believe that the remake of the original Resident Evil doesn't appear to be on that list, but Operation Raccoon City is. That's wild. Gears Tactics isn't out until tomorrow, and it's only out on PC. We don't know when it's coming to Xbox One yet, but reviews are online today. It's a game that will be available on Xbox Game Pass starting tomorrow, like I said, and it's an XCOM-inspired strategy game that takes place in the Gears of War universe Which, without having touched the game myself, feels like a pretty good fit, considering the cover shooter nature of the game and the whole, you know, versus aliens kind of aesthetic. Polygon doesn't score its reviews, but Charlie Hall reviewed the game for the outlet and wrote, Moving and shooting and cutting up locusts is a good time, even in a turn-based system, but that's not enough to sustain an entire game. Every other element of the game, from the class system to the perks to the way that missions and UI elements are designed... Needs more refinement and care. My old friend Matt Miller at Game Informer gave the game 8.5 and wrote, Stilted pacing blunts some of the aggressive joy in Gears Tactics, but I still walked away impressed. At the heart of any engaging tactics games is the sense of emergent moments where careful skill usage and planning leads to clutch wins. Taking control of a squad of COG soldiers in this adventure, I repeatedly encountered those moments along with the thrill of a narrow victory. This is a solid new front in the Gears theater of war and one worthy of additional opportunities to grow. Wes Fenlon at PC Gamer gave the game an 83 and wrote Gears Tactics's structure couldn't quite sustain the 25 hours or so it took me to get through the campaign, but slapped the combat into a sequel with a couple more strategic systems that balance out the variety and pacing and I'd honestly rather play it over XCOM, a recommendation I never expected I'd make. IGN's Dan Stapleton gave the game an 8 and wrote, Gears Tactics is an excellent turn-based tactics game that does a superb job of melding Gears' famous style and action with the mechanics laid down by XCOM. It's one intense and satisfying tactical battle after another, and it looks absolutely fantastic doing it. It does slightly wear out its welcome, with too much of a good thing in its Gears-grinding side missions, and due to the lack of larger strategic decisions, I don't see it as being as replayable as its tactical role model. Even so, it's a stronger campaign that leaves a great impression with some clever, Gears-appropriate original ideas. Mike Epstein for GameSpot also gave the game an 8 and wrote, Though Gears Tactics wears itself a little thin by the end of its protracted campaign... The rush of pulling together a victory from the jaws of defeat carries an exciting, chaotic energy. Unlike most strategy games, playing well doesn't necessarily make you feel like a mastermind so much as though you've cheated death. Every successful plan, even a last-ditch effort, feels like a small stroke of genius. That's no small feat. All of these reviews are linked in the show notes, and the game is currently sitting at an 81 on Metacritic, which is higher than Chimera Squad's 78, which is arguably its main competition. It seems like the big complaint about Gears Tactics is that it's a little long, which hurts the overall pacing. It's so weird that we got two tactics games like this back-to-back. That's it for video game news today. If you have corrections or just feedback in general, feel free to send me tweets or DMs to either at Kyle M. Hilliard or at Gaming Ride Home, or you can send an email to kyle at ridehome.info. Please consider leaving a review for the podcast wherever you listen to it. And you can also check out my Twitch account, Kyle Impersonator. I'm about four hours into Resident Evil Code Veronica X right now. I'm having a good time. I haven't died a lot. Got a decent amount of ammo. I'm doing okay. And then you can find me on the MinMax show for more long-form video game discussion. I will talk to you more about video games tomorrow. Look around. You can find cars like these on AutoTrader. Like that car riding your tails.